You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country. Good morning, everyone. Annie here for Showreel. Three CRs look at things happening and being released by Australian Moving Image practitioners. Today, it is with great pleasure I alert you to the film Franklin, which documents the groundbreaking climate action campaign to save the Franklin River in Tasmania from being dammed for a hydroelectric plant in the 1970s, 80s. But Franklin, like the campaign, works on several different levels, the past, the present and the future, take roles in this film. I spoke to filmmaker Kazimar Burgess about Franklin. G'day, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good. Um, thanks for talking to me. The way you've told the story of Franklin uh, Blockade is a fascinating approach. Um, can you tell me how the um, idea of running the two stories, a personal story and the earlier uh, story of the campaign came back? Yeah, well, um, I guess it really comes from the subject. Oliver Cassidy and my um, good friend and collaborator, Chris Kamen, who produced the film, they were sort of um, uh, wanting to, to tell this story for years before I came on board. Um, but on his deathbed, Mike Cassidy, Oliver's father, had given him a paddle, which he used uh, on the trip 37 years earlier and that becomes a kind of a challenge or a catalyst for Oliver to to pick up the, the mantle, pick up the paddle literally and make his, his own journey of uh, re- remembrance, um, I guess, as a, as a way of uh, reconnecting with the spirit of his father, but also uh, remembering what was saved, which was the Franklin. So the two stories, the personal story of a son moving through grief uh, and speak communing with the spirit of his father and then the historical um, story of what Mike, as one of Bob Brown's right-hand helpers, um, yeah, hope, um, achieved, what, what, they, what they saved. The two stories go hand in hand in my thinking. It's a great way of rekindling uh, the contemporary understanding of fighting for nature. The, I mean, because the fight for the Franklin is a iconic battle and a victory. Yes. Uh, but it's also important not to just dwell on the past. It's about the future as well and the present. Yeah, it, it feels like a, a kind of, um, I don't know, a formula or a roadmap in a way for, for what a new generation 
uh, a blueprint, if you will, for, for what a new generation now might um, be capable of. Uh, yeah, kind of kind of roadmap, you know, to see that everyday people, school teachers and, you know, um, janitors and academics, doctors, whatever, they came together and using nonviolent protest managed to to stop uh, government and corporation from destroying this, this beautiful World Heritage listed place. So it does feel, you're right, um, you know, relevant, prescient to uh, matters today, although the situation is all the more dire now. Tell me about your filmmaking background and how it was that you got to be the one making this film. Um, yeah, as to... Uh, I, I, I've come from shorts and music videos. Um, uh, I've made a couple of feature films, uh, Fell, a drama, uh, and The Lunig Fragments, um, a portrait of Michael Lunig. Um, the producer, Chris Kamen, and I made shorts together years ago. So that's that's the connection, uh, and I, I suppose we were looking for a project for for many years that we might collaborate on. Um, he introduced me to Oliver Cassidy, and uh, we we got along. And, um, I had lost my mother around the same time uh, as Oliver lost his father, so we were both um, in a in a similar boat, really. And um, the the story and and the process of making the film just flowed from there. Uh, so um, the shooting of Oliver's sequence with, I mean, because he's a solo, uh, how did you shoot that? Was that GoPro or did he take control of that or was there somebody uh, with well, him? No, it's not solo. <laughs> um, we're there, right? Yeah, because it would have been very dangerous otherwise. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure he could manage that, but obviously to film the the journey on the river with beautiful um, uh, cinematic touches, which my cinematographer Benjamin Bryan and I uh, worked um, closely at, uh, we had to be there. And uh, hopefully, I mean, it's kind of nice to hear that you get a sense that they're not really being anyone there. Um, when you talk about GoPros and Oliver being alone, <laughs> but we were very much there. Uh, at times, necessarily interrupting his his reverie and his uh, his battle with the river and his his met the memories of his father and um, yeah, we we were uh, in his face, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite poetic, and I mean, when I was looking at the film, I uh, there were key moments that were connected to his sensibility of his father and it's quite uh, I wrote down various things like re-engagement with nature and uh, by going to the waters our souls will live and uh, hold the memory of our ancestors so this is this is taken uh, taken from the interviews that you did with some key players as well as um, uh, Mike Cassidy's diary as well as um, archival footage that uh, um, traces the actual battle for the Franklin. So a lot of work's been done to bring the strands together. Tell me about that. 
Uh, well, I suppose, yeah, as you mentioned, the the diaries, Oliver's diary that he keeps as we're filming him in current day, and Mike's diary, which we dip into from, you know, 37 years earlier. Uh, yeah, they form the, the backbone, and it's like a kind of the way I imagined it was those dueling diaries, you know, call and response almost, speaking to each other from beyond the grave. So that was a very... Uh, poetic way and an intimate way of of telling uh, the father son story, uh, and then there was the the beautiful footage from Tom Hayden and Roger Scholes and Paul Paul Smith and uh, Joe Connor, Michael Cordell, all of these filmmakers who were there for the uh, the campaign and for the blockade capturing all of the beats and the twists and turns and the drama and, and the action uh, on, on the river. So, yeah, as a, as a filmmaker, you, you feel blessed to have all of these ingredients to draw upon and, and tell um, uh, maybe a larger story, a more emotionally uh, epic piece than would be possible, say, if it was just the story of Oliver going down the river and his father or if it was just the, the history, a retelling of the, the Franklin campaign. So um, I feel like uh, yeah, all of those strands, as challenging as they were to, to weave together, um, have found a, a home within the film. Yeah, because when you go to places like that, and I've been to some, not the Franklin, but to other parts of uh, Western Tasmania, it's really quite hard to describe to people the sense you get when you're in nature. And sometimes you hear about things like, uh, you know, uh, what's going on in the Tarkine, and you sort of think to yourself, how could you even think of uh, abusing nature, this nature like that? So you you actually, by taking this um, tender approach, really get across filmically some of the the connection to nature that's very difficult to get across to people who are sitting in a seat a long way away and can't smell the place. Yeah, well, I think the Bob Brown and the, and the Wilderness Society faced the same problem back in the day when they were trying to desperately trying to, to save this place. And it was the advent of, of colour television which really helped uh, and then um, the the footage that they they achieved and their Rogers goals etc um, shot that ended up on on television and awakened Australia to the the magnificence of this place um, that that helped to to save it. Um, I feel like perhaps uh, Don Brofsky's uh, photo Morning Mist Rock Island Bend as well, um, you know, really helped awaken Australia to to this uh, to this place. It was uh, a photo that was, I think it's probably still one of the most widely printed uh, pieces that ended up on people's fridges and uh, on televisions around Australia and, and the world. So that the power of art to uh, yeah, bring bring attention to to nature and to to, to beauty in nature is um, not to be underestimated. Uh, it, it depicts the uh, incredible savvy 
of the um, not just the courage but the savvy of, of the um, people running that campaign in relation yeah. to the media that was just yeah. so incredible. media ma manipulation yeah they were really clever just I guess the media would come up river um, you know most days and uh, the upriver mob, the, the protesters there at the blockade would have a new trick or a new stunt, uh, a new piece of art or placard, uh, often very, very colourful and, and cheeky, uh, beautiful music from, from Lisey Bates um, and, and artwork often by uh, Benny Dable that would really uh, catch the eye um, of, you know, the media of, of journalism for a and it, it's really um, their voice, that art that, that ended up um, playing a massive part in saving the river. Um, can you tell me who is responsible for the triangular green no dams sticker? Because that is just a work of art. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Benny Zabel. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong. Um, if only Bob Brown was was uh, with us now. I'm getting a call. It could be him. <laughs> uh, okay. But, uh, yeah. No. Look. Uh, let's let's um, give Benny Table the credit. Yeah. Well, he deserves it. Um... <laughs> G'day. My name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your dial. You're with Annie on 3CR Showreel. We are listening to a chat with filmmaker Casimir Burgess about the film Franklin. The um, issue of the Franklin, as shown in this film, is an awakening of a connection to country. The whole consciousness of Australia as a resources boom place, um, as opposed to a place where you know, you needed to walk small if you wanted to maintain and sustain the natural environment. They, two, these are two sort of ideas that came together when there was this battleground that was created in that fight yep. for, for the Franklin. And it's still being played out. Think think uh, local, act global, or think global, act local. <laughs> yeah. Um, was the line from the Wilderness Society at the time um, and yeah it probably was the, one of the first times that that people really did push back and and uh, and win I mean uh, there's a whole range of other elements in this because it's a very personal story I mean because um, Oliver is transgender and that actually is uh, important to him to uh, highlight as well isn't it yeah yeah in a way um, or it's it's for Oliver to discuss really, um, but yeah, it uh, it seemed to me that it became a very um, important thing for Oliver to do to um, to go through the the surgery and and present his true self before the trip, um, both for you know being able to look back on the movie and, and be an authentic, his authentic self. Um, but also almost as a way of introducing himself to his father. Yeah, because 
I mean, the reason why I bring it up, I mean, because it's in the film, but it's also because there's so many elements to this film that uh, are about um, re real and um, uh, sustainable self that is related to care of environment. It's a very multifaceted film, isn't it? Yeah, I think the way Oliver um, spoke about it, and he speaks more eloquently than I, but the finding the, the idea of diversity uh, within society and within nature being very important for survival of a planet and Oliver seeing himself as a as a you know as a bright um, sparkling piece of that important piece of that diversity. Well, he he works in conservation, and obviously that uh, is informed by his very loving family and their uh, fearlessness, uh, placing themselves uh, on the line when it comes to battling for the Franklin, um, mm. it shows that there is an ongoing um, familial uh, drive to care and protect. But he was also talking about going on this journey is a connection to his father, but it's also about being proactive when it comes to caring for environment. Yeah, and and Oliver walks the talk. He's a, an activist, and it's it's in his blood. His father Mike and his mum. They were you know a family of of people who were um, passionate bushwalkers and rafters and skiers, but and uh, and, and teachers um, of environmental science, etc. So it's kind of con contagious. And um, you, you come away from talking with uh, Oliver or, or Jill, his mother, um, really excited to, to get into nature. And I think that's where it starts, their, their love of being in nature and then wanting to advocate for, for nature and to, to bring awareness to, um, yeah, I guess problems within uh, the way humankind treats nature. And I also also guess that um, the film um, Franklin has been waited for by a lot of people because it is a important piece of the jigsaw in terms of uh, documentation and making sure that the um, the people that were involved in that struggle. I mean, ben, Benny Zabel, for example, it was great to see yep. him on screen and to have these people make testament for their battle. Yes. Yeah, and Lisa Yates and Alice Hungerford, uh, Jim Everett, you know, just a few. But um, it does feel, you know, they're, they're not getting any younger. That, that the people from from who were I guess part of the the campaign and and the blockade, uh, many of them have have passed away, and it has been a real delight to and a, and a privilege to make this film in time for for them to see and and be celebrated. Um, they're so passionate and yeah articulate and charismatic on screen. I just um, and they they bring a lot of 
lot of humour to some some very uh, dark times in in uh, Australian history, uh, and and they're just great storytellers. And have a, it's almost I think when they're talking to camera, like we're just having a, a yarn around a, a fire uh, on the edge of the Franklin. It feels very uh, intimate, and they they transport the audience there. I, I feel. Oh, it's quite interesting too. The interview you did with uh, uh, people who were on the other side um, now, um, their their reflection on their change to their um, connection to nature was brought about by this battle. Yeah, we would do talk with a, a bulldozer operator uh, who was working on the on the dam at the time, uh, Kevin, who, um, you know, he, he, I think it, it was important for me anyway to, to speak with, with the other side and get a sense of what they were afraid of and why they were so up in arms about the activists, many of them from, from out of town, from, from Melbourne coming in. Uh, it was about uh, losing jobs. You know, they were afraid they were going to not be able to put food on the table um, and they had been lied to and, and told they would be imminently unemployed if the dam didn't go ahead. Um, as it turned out, you know, the, the Hydroelectric Commission, HEC, were only really going to create about 12 jobs um, total. So uh, it, it wasn't, it, it, it was very much a, an, an untruth. Um, but they were scaremongering. And people like, like Kevin, uh, tell that story and then to be able to hear from, from Kevin that his grandson came to him recently and said, you know what, um, granddad, uh, if if uh, it was happening now, if the Franklin was at risk, I'd be on the side of the protesters. And to, to see the glint in, in Kevin's eye and the, um, the pride, you know, he, I mean, well, he looks proud. Um, that perhaps the lessons, hard lessons he's he, uh, learned have, have somehow been passed passed on to the next generation. How long did it take you to uh, edit this film? Uh, I was editing for, whew, let's say, six months or something uh, before my co-editor, Joe Scott, came on board to offer some, some much-needed perspective uh, and and really, um, Joe was like, okay, I love all this. This is great. Um, the she was talking about the, um, I guess the second half of the movie, which we didn't end up um, messing with too much. It was more in the first twenty minutes, really. We spent most of our months together on that, and it was the setup. And she said something. Uh, which changed the whole structure of the first 20 minutes, which was we need to get to the river sooner. You know, we can offer a much more seductive um, and, and uh, sort of welcoming um, opening to the film, which, which we, we did. Um, and we get to the river uh, with Joe's help a lot earlier. And I, I feel like that sets up the Franklin as, as one of the major characters. So, yeah, and again, one of the many um, rewarding collaborations in the process of, of crafting this film. Um, but that was a highlight. Uh, so where's the film going to be shown? 
Uh, so it's had a bunch of screenings now, Melbourne Film Festival and Cinefest, and it had its um, sort of a special premiere around Australia on Father's Day um, in maybe 25 screens or something like that, and it, it sold out. So we were pretty excited about that. That was only um, a couple of days ago, and looking forward, we release more formally nationally on the 8th, um, of this month, so in just a couple of days. So um, what were the reactions to the screenings? Uh, yeah, Chris and, and Oliver and, and the whole team uh, <laughs> have been pretty pretty overwhelmed. Um, we've had, yeah, very emotional response, which is great to hear because um, I, I guess primarily I'm wanting to, to affect people and... Uh, affect change, just move people, um, I guess, with either the, the history or the, the father-son story. There's a lot of, lot of really good meat and also a big um, adventure in nature on the river. So I think you can come away with, with a lot um, and, and perhaps, depending on your interests, um, uh, you'll get something... Uh, a diverse audience will get something out of this. So, yeah, we know we've been really overwhelmed and excited by people's responses and also the, the reviews that have been coming in. Um, so fingers crossed we can uh, kind of cut through and and uh, find, find, a, find an audience. Uh, are you going to take it overseas? Uh, it's, it's a very Australia-centric story. Uh, there are some some movies that don't necessarily cross over, which is fine. Uh, with um, the producers and I have, have always spoken about um, that as a as a strength. Um, some films are, uh, I think, I mean, it, it has universal stories, but you know, there's Dick Smith and Bob Brown and Bob Hawke, and uh, a lot of these cats are. Um, you know, unless you know uh, or you've grown up with their voices in your ear and you know the nuances uh, are missed, uh, I think, by, uh, let's say, European audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's the importance of it, really, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you, you have to. I, I think the, the, the marketing and the, and the, distrib and the distributors are currently doing a fantastic job at... Um, bring the film to Australian audiences and that's that's a mammoth task mm. uh, unto itself so I think if they can get that right um, then uh, I'm happy Oh Tasmania the hardest heart would understand just to feel your wilderness inside Let the Franklin fall, let the wildlands be.
Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.